0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Low Season Traveller Insider Guides. I'm your host, Jed Brown, founder of Low Season Traveller, and this week we're bringing you a special podcast in honour of the Thanksgiving holiday in the US. Here at Low Season Traveller, we're incredibly thankful for all of our friends in the USA and the many amazing destinations and landscapes which the US offers. As such, what better destination for us to feature in this Thanksgiving week than the city where it all began, Philadelphia. Today, we're joined by Greg Karen, the President and CEO of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau, as we learn more about the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. Enjoy. So, Greg, welcome to the Low Season Traveller Insider Guides podcast. It's great to have you on the show. How are you?
1: Jed, I'm doing fantastic. Good morning from Philadelphia. Great to see you. Great to hear your voice and uh, hope all is well back in the UK
0: it is absolutely it's uh, it's an autumnal uh, cold <laughs> a cold autumn autumnal day here in in manchester i'm guessing it's similar in philadelphia is it
1: it is, but of course, cold autumnal day in,
0: in Manchester is
1: is redundant. That's sort of a daily occurrence, isn't
0: it, for this season? <laughs> you know what? You're, you're absolutely <laughs> right, mate. I can't, I can't disagree with that. It's, um, it's, it's not that different to the summer, if I'm being very honest with you. It's,
1: it's the people that make it bright and sunny. That's the, what happens. Do I you know,
0: was. absolutely spot on, Greg. It's the people that make it. We, we always say that we bring the sunshine. It's the people that bring the sunshine. Um, and, it's, and it's just as well because we can't rely on nature, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so, so Greg, listen, great to great to have you on the show, um, and really looking forward to learning a little bit more about Philadelphia. Um, if um, if it's good for you, why don't you start and tell us um, a little bit about yourself and how you came to how you came to be in the job? Uh, that, that's fantastic, Jed, and again, thanks for having me on. I'm really
1: uh, going to enjoy the conversation and talking about Philadelphia with you and your listeners uh, today. Um uh, it's, it's, it's really a, a wonderful part of my career for me. I've actually just been on the job since June of this year, uh, which um, is, is, has been an interesting year that we don't need to go down that road. But uh, personally, my career started in hospitality. I worked in the hotel industry for a number of years, and then I worked in a, the major venues business where we, I worked for a company that actually managed convention centers and arenas and stadiums. And stadia all over the world and and of course that same company actually manages our convention center here in philadelphia which was a part of my interest in this this role uh serving as a a, a tourism marketing executive for the destination um coincidentally actually the same company uh, manages the manchester arena so i've I've been to manchester many times i've been to london and york and and many parts of of the uk and and i've always enjoyed my visits there but on a personal note um I've, i've lived in the philadelphia area for the past 25 years so i'm as much a a local as I am a local tourist you know always finding new things to explore uh, and to do things with my own family or visitors coming in from out of town and uh, just like anywhere whether it's you in Manchester or friends in London or Paris or anywhere else it is amazing sometimes how much we we don't get to see of our own uh, neighborhoods uh, until we're touring a a visitor from out of town and, and we become a local tourist and that's kind of what I'm excited to talk to you about today.
0: Absolutely, right. It's interesting. Well, first of all, one thing. Um, what do you call a local from Philadelphia? Are you a phil- Philadelphian? Or what? Is <laughs> a philo- there a word for
1: it? <laughs> uh, phil- Philadelphian is, is the proper word. Um, okay. you know, people from opposing sports cities, sort of like football in, in the UK and Europe. Yeah. Um, people from places like Dallas and New York might find other words. We prefer <laughs> the word Philadelphian.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> very good it's interesting though how you say how um, you know sometimes you when it's on your doorstep you know you, you take it for granted and i must admit in in manchester it's only when that people have visited me from you know japan or china and i've said look i'm going to do a walking tour for you and i i prepare the walking tour and i take them to a lot of sites that you know i've always known have been there but i haven't actually necessarily been to myself and as i'm sure. showing them round i'm like actually, we live in a pretty cool city. And you kind of realize that. <laughs> Since you've been in the role, have you? has there been an element of that where you've sort of had an even greater appreciation for, for where you live?
1: Without question, I mean, there's probably two aspects of it. One is tourism related and one is tourism industry related. And I'll, I'll work them backwards. Tourism industry related, um, that never ceases to amaze me. You know, the, the spirit of people in the hospitality business, whether they're hotel managers or servers or you know, drivers, um, the spirit of the city, again, just like London, just like Manchester, the spirit of the city is, is best exhibited by the exuberance and the, the grit, as, as we were joking earlier, of the people that live here. And I would say that no, no regardless of the times here, whether it's been for big events like hosting uh, the World Meeting of Families and the Pope a few years ago to uh, big NFL football uh, events, um, it's that spirit that keeps going even in trying times uh, and, and how the industry tree rallies round that really has impressed me the most on the, the sort of the backyard tourist thing. Uh, it's funny. I was thinking even as I, I grew up in the New York city metro area and I, it came to me that I had never visited the statue of Liberty till I was in my mid forties and decided no. it was the right thing to take my, to take my children there at the time. And that's a good number of years ago already. But uh, when you think about such an iconic iconics, it'd be like living in Paris and never going to the Eiffel tower. Yeah. right? Um, it's insane. Isn't it? um, <laughs> it's, it is. It's bizarre. So here, um, I found that my wife and I really enjoy some of the, the, the things that are right in front of us, yet there are opportunities to see them in, in sort of a, um, a nurtured way. So the one that I did literally just two weeks ago and we posted it on on my, my social media because we were so excited about it. Um, there's a the whole mural arts program here in Philadelphia that we can talk to now or at greater length later, but there are over 4,000 uh, murals on sides of buildings and, and public places. And this is a program that goes back a good 20 plus years. And you know, you, again, like anything else, you drive by them, walk by them and, and you sort of take them for granted. I mean, they're beautiful in their own way and they're expressive in terms of the artists who produced them. But until you go with the docent who starts the tour in front of the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts under a big paintbrush statue and walks you through the streets of the city and really points them out and talks about the history of the program and wanting to take street art and graffiti to a new level. Um, to now that they have these tours, they're on foot, they're on motor coach, and they're on trains, even during the winter, we can talk about that later. And that's the kind of stuff that really excites us. And my wife actually did grow up here from, you know, from birth up, she's a true Philadelphian. And um, uh, that mural arts tour, or the magic garden tour, some of these things that are just right here, and are, but you need to do them in a way that you really can appreciate them and not just sort of walk by and say, wasn't
0: that pretty? It's interesting, actually, that you say that. We did um, we did a series on Southern Africa uh, with a guy called Warren Pearson, who's a local sort of ranger um, guide, to, fantastically, you know, interesting guy and very knowledgeable guy. But one thing that's come out again and again, he was saying, is look, you know, if you travel to Rwanda or Zimbabwe, you need to have a local expert guide to bring it to life for you. Otherwise, you really are going to miss so much. And I think that's true probably of most tourism you know when you're traveling to different destinations it's the locals that bring it to life for you
1: i agree i agree and it's it's funny you say that even when you go to museums they they offer i mean the headset tours i, I think are fantastic because you get information you can go at your own pace but we just always enjoyed my again my family and i whether we're traveling to europe or, or asia or anywhere else and, and again in our own backyard there is no experience like a local experience and having somebody who lives it and breathes it and knows the depth of The history of why it's there where it came from and, and some of the human interest aspects of it whether it's an art art tour or a historical tour or anything else
0: yeah absolutely well listen let's let's sort of really build a picture for again for our listeners um how about you sort of, you know, let's, let's talk through, first of all, an overview of, you know, where exactly Philadelphia is. And I know, you know, there's an awful lot of listeners out there. We have an awful lot of listeners in North America, and they'll be very familiar with where Philadelphia is located. But there'll be a lot of people from Europe and, you know, possibly before I started to do research onto this, I might have been one of them. They might be a little bit ignorant as to where exactly Philadelphia is. So could you just sort of talk us through whereabouts Philadelphia is and how you get there? Oh. Of course, so of course, uh, not of course, those who
1: don't know, (laughs) Philadelphia (laughs) is actually on on the the northeast coast of of the United States. It is the second largest city on the east coast, and it really sits smack almost in the middle between New York City and Washington, D.C. So you've really got a great sort of trail of history and and commerce and things that relate to really the the most important hub region of uh, of the country. Um, It was also the United States' first World Heritage City. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it contains some of the most important national landmarks all within a walking distance. You know, when you think about the fact that, you know, it's, it's funny because when I speak about conventions and, and large uh, congresses that come to Philadelphia, I, I remind myself that the first convention in the United States was the constitutional convention that actually created the United States. Um, and that's, um, again, our, your listeners can see it, but I've got a you know, my, my background is actually mm-hmm. Independence Hall, where that all happened. Um, so we've got uh, a UNESCO world heritage site, which is independence hall. Uh, and again, that's where the original 13 colonies. And again, I gotta be cognizant of the fact I'm speaking to the UK. We were, we were the, uh, the redheaded stepchild or the black chief <laughs> of the family, uh, a few hundred years ago. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but it really, really creates this kind of sort of unique environment in that, in that respect, it, it has some similarities to London and Manchester where you've got, you know, beautiful modern skyscrapers and fashion and style, but you've got such a deep history and culture and really the birthplace of a nation um, that just makes Philadelphia much more unique than, than even our, our, our sister cities to the north and south, being uh, New York and, and
0: D.C. It's fascinating, actually. The the um, again for our listeners, the the photograph that, that Greg's got behind him, and I'll try and use a similar one for the uh, for the for the podcast page when we go live. So you've got this incredibly sort of ornate Independence Hall, which um, which obviously dates back quite some years, and it's surrounded by the the modern skyscrapers, and it's that real um, juxtaposition of you know modern versus sort of old um, sitting very very nicely uh, next to each other. Um, looks wonderful, actually. Looks an incredible building.
1: And then that's the, again—it's it's the beauty of the city. Again, just like the historic cities in, in the UK, and again, I've I've been to many of them and enjoyed that same sort of um, dichotomy between you know old and new and and yeah. rich history and and modern uh, culture and style and cuisine.
0: Yeah, I love that. Now, in terms of getting to Philadelphia, um, so. I, um, as a lot of our listeners will know, I used to work in the aviation industry, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm more familiar, and this is really tragic, uh, Greg, I'm more familiar with your airport than I am with the city, I've never <laughs> been to Philadelphia, um, I have flown through the airport, so Philadelphia's got one of the most significant hubs um, in the whole of North America, um, and one of the, the, the major airports there, so incredibly easy to, to get to Philadelphia from, certainly from the UK, and, and actually from most places right
1: it, without question, and it's funny as you joke about you know, connecting th- and passage through Philadelphia. I used to joke the same way about Frankfurt for uh, you know for many years. We were a, a U.S. Airways uh, hub, which of course later became American Airlines. And uh, I've been to other cities in Germany and spent time, but Frankfurt was the one city where I I could claim having spent many days and even nights, but it was really just for passage through through the airport. Um, <laughs> so we, there, there's the old uh, there's a movie and old expression about trains, planes, and automobiles. Uh, but in this case, I'm going to speak about air, rail and autobus Um, because again, the the location for Philadelphia, uh, as you point out, Philadelphia International Airport is an extraordinary uh, gateway airport for for the United States. Um, It's got year round nonstop service from both BA and American Airlines. Uh, We've got hubs like Manchester, Dublin, London that all fly directly into Philadelphia International Airport. So it creates really a great, not only a great point of entry, but because of uh, where we're situated, the processing time and immigration and customs and everything else is actually a much more efficient and, and we'll say pleasant, as much as immigration can be pleasant at any airport, um, it's a much more pleasant experience coming into Philadelphia International Airport than one might find at the big New York and Newark International Airports and maybe even DC. Um, that plus the proximity of our airport to our center city district, literally 20, 25 minutes, and you can, you can you know, if, if you're up to it when you've landed based on the, the arrival time of your flight, you know, get to your hotel within 20 minutes, 25 wow. minutes, get your, just drop your bags, and go out and start exploring. And, and we'll talk about the, how easy that is later. But so that's the air side of it. On the rail side, um, again, we don't, we don't have the great luxury of the Brit rail system and the URL system, but we've got in the Northeast corridor, at least in the US, we have some really, really great um, rail service, uh, both regional, local and uh, Amtrak, which is our uh, national rail service that runs a great express service from actually from Boston through New York down to mm-hmm. Philadelphia and then to Washington, D.C. So by rail, uh, whether you're starting here or are making it a part of an itinerary through those other cities, by rail, we're only an hour and 20 minutes from New York City and about an hour and 45 minutes from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Um, and again, those, those trains, again, not similar to the U.K., those trains on Amtrak arrive at this beautifully historic 30th Street Station, uh, which serves both our regional rails and uh, and commuter rails, but as much are um, the, the Amtrak service I spoke about. And again, you're 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 getting out of a train, and whether you're getting into a taxi or an Uber or a private car, um, or even walking, if you're if you're not carrying too much luggage straight off your your trip in from overseas, um, you, you're minutes away from everything from the rail. And on the bus side, uh, we've got services called Megabus and Bolt Bus, which listeners should really think about. You know, they're, they're used by a lot of um, uh, people traveling for tourism and a lot for college. Uh, just very, very efficient bus services that are also very, very cost effective. They run on a very unique model where you you pay based on when you booked, uh, booked your seat. And I've had, you know, my daughter, when she was in university, would spend as little as $2 to get a, a bus ride from D.C. To, uh, to Philadelphia a while back. Wow. So, any which way, plane, bus, train, um, it's very easy to get here and then get around once you've
0: gotten here. I've got to say, on the um, when you're talking about the, the quickest immigration processing times in the US, again, for any of our listeners um, that, that possibly haven't traveled to some of the other destinations in the US that have got substantially longer immigration times, um, I can tell you from bitter experience, I've been in a few airports, um, Miami being one of the i'm gonna say the word worst <laughs> um where i was i was actually off the off the flight and i, I was waiting a full three and a half hours in a queue um for, for immigration which at the end of a, lo- a long flight you know really almost really, as long as the flight itself <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it was just it was crazy but there's nothing you can do you 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 can't there's nothing you can do and that's the frustration is you just have to suck it up <laughs> and it's that's this right. monstrous and, and queue oh.
1: And it's funny, you know, you think people do need to think about that more, both domestically and internationally. Think very much about, you know, sometimes just looking at a different airport in a region that you're heading to can yeah. either eliminate a connecting flight or, or just eliminate that wait time getting through. It's, it's, it's an important part of your travel experience.
0: It definitely is. And the other thing that really stood out for me as well in, in what you were just saying is that Philadelphia is only one hour and 20 minutes from New York City. Um... That kind of blows me away because um, I'll tell you, Greg, I tell everybody, you know, I, I'm living here in Manchester. Uh, the reality is it takes me about one hour and 20 minutes to get into the center of Manchester from where I live. Um, so you're incredibly close to both New York and to Washington. Um, and initially when I, sort of, when I sort of heard that, part of me was sort of thinking, right, so, you know, if people were going to New York, they could go to Philadelphia for, you know, a day or, or two days. And, and then I was thinking, you know, actually... Really, I think you'd flip that the other way around. I think people should actually fly in and out of Philadelphia, go to Philadelphia for sort of five days. But then for one of those days, if you want to, take one day. And in one day, you could go to New York, see a couple of the major sites, and then come back, right? That's exactly right. And it's both the, the, the travel, the convenience. It's also just about your blood pressure. Um,
1: you know, We'll <laughs> talk about it at different points. You know, Again, having grown up in the New York area, but spending the last quarter century here in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a city of neighborhoods. You can breathe. It's a much more approachable yeah. city. When I when I used to live in the New York metro area, I, I always joke about this. If if my wife or my family and I were to think about it, just to drive into town for lunch or dinner would actually be a debate and a discussion because there's you're really going to get your blood pressure up. You're going to have to get your, your expenses up as well. So again, yeah. hubbing here in Philadelphia, uh, the hotel rates are going to be less. Your blood pressure is going to be down. You're going to be surrounded by a rich history. And as you say, whether you go up, to new york for the day or for a night you can squeeze in a bunch of sites see a show if you'd like to just on the west like the west end um but come back and, and really enjoy sort of a a more leisurely touring experience with this as your as your hub between the two cities
0: so you're really you're really ticking the boxes here because um you know low <laughs> season travel is you know our audience that's what you know that's why that's why we travel as well during the low seasons we want the sort of you know the easier going life we don't do Big, big crowds and big stress and all of that kind of stuff. That's that's not what we're about. So um, yeah, that I, I, I ticks a lot of boxes for me.
1: <laughs> well, my family's been known to go to deserts in, in the summer, and um, yeah, and, and my, my, my daughter my daughter went to Iceland in the in the middle of winter, which you know it's a beautiful place, but it's cold. Um, yeah, it's seriously cold yeah. up there. But but there are so many benefits for for low season travelers. It's it's just extraordinary the opportunities that it opens that people often don't think about.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, I saw then um, that um, Philadelphia has been scored as one of the most walkable, walkable cities in the United States. Um, That's right. W- w- why is that? <laughs> How did that come to well, be? and That's a great observation, Jen. And, and again, by the various measures,
1: they're, they're you know, all different tour uh, scores. We, we were fourth most walkable in the US by walk score. We're always in the top five traditionally through the various um, tour guides. And a really big part of it comes with just the city's design. Um, Mm -hmm. The city was designed by its founder, William Penn, uh, whose statue also adorns City Hall, which is just a block and a half from my office. And it was a very, very, one of the original simple grid street systems where City Hall itself sits at the crux of the the X and Y axis that creates the the city's downtown. And, And if even if I spread it out and sort of you zoom back, if you can imagine a a digital Google map uh, really the entire city center city district which is what we refer to as our everything that is our historic district business district district the core neighborhoods um, the entire city center city district is about one and a half by three kilometers so you think about it we have people do it actually that tour we bring tourists in and, and meeting planners and tour travel agents and we'll we'll make them walk you know what we jokingly call river to river which is the Schuylkill River to our west and the Delaware River to our east. Um, and um, uh, Vine Street to South Street, which is pretty much the north and south boundaries of that same uh, area. And uh, if you go back to that crossover with history, Philadelphia is also often referred to as, as the America's most historic square mile. Um, and that's because it is also compact and there is so much to see. Um, but again, we talk about low season, you can talk about uh, even if it's chilly out, if you're here during, you know, December, January, February, uh, A, there is so much to do and see along the way that you're never gonna walk more than a block. If you're if you're cold, <laughs> you'll go into one of our, one of our great department stores or one of our you know, beautiful boutiques or into the one of the historical attractions. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those, I think in a little bit. Mm. Um, there's always there's a place to grab a cup of coffee or experience a new uh, local restaurant. Uh, and likewise, again, our, 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 our citywide, uh, uh, transportation also offers subway, bus, train, Uber, taxi that, you know, if, if you've done the long walk one way, but it's a chilly day, you want to take your taxi back the other. Um, you would do the same thing during peak season, right? Your, your legs are tired. Um, but things are never that far that you can't see it all, see it from ground level, and then, you know, get back in if, it, if it's a real chilly day or, or um, that beautiful white stuff we call snow is coming down that day.
0: Fair play. Pro- probably easier to get a taxi than certain other cities uh, along the East Coast as well, I would have imagined.
1: Without question. Of course, the share ride programs now, you know, even no matter where you get, you know, sometimes in any city, you could be on a quieter neighborhood street where a taxi might not traverse as quickly as our broad street or market street. Um, so with, with things like Uber and the, 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 the ride shares, again, yeah. a good low season travel uh, mechanism where you can also share with, with other folks um, makes it very quick to get a ride.
0: Love that. Now, when we, when we talk about, you know, you've sort of mentioned there as well, some of the advantages for sort of low season travel. Um, generally, what, 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 is the, what is the low season period for Philadelphia? When I want to say low season, I, I guess I mean the time when typically there are less tourists. There's always tourists in Philadelphia, I know, but less tourists than, than, than other times, you know, the non-peak times, should we say?
1: That's right. Less tourists and, and bargains to be had, right? Yep. Um, so, sort of like, As I said, my family going to the desert in in the summer. Um, Mm -hmm. So if we take one step back, Philadelphia is is definitely a four-season destination, and it has absolute wonderful things to do through every season. But when we do focus on the low season here, uh, we are focused on our winter. And again, it is such a beautiful city under any circumstance, but actually some of the best times I've enjoyed and my family's enjoyed walking around Philadelphia is on a snowy day where everything is sort of just pristine white, and again, because you're, you're not at home where you're driving your own you know, personal vehicle, you can enjoy the snow in a way that it's just, it, it really just it brings the city to life, creates a whole new photographic landscape as well for tourists. Um, so during that time, basically from uh, late November through February, March, um, is really a smart time to come here. Um, it's when there are a lot of uniquely winter activities take place. We have a couple of beautiful ice skating rinks uh, one actually uh, at Penn's Landing, which is right on the Delaware River uh, mm-hmm. here in Philadelphia. One that they build out right in front of our historic city hall, uh, again, just a block or two from my office. Um, colder temperatures during that those times range from about you know negative five up to six degrees Celsius, but most days it's around four to five degrees Celsius. So it's you, you bundle up a little bit, you wear some layers that you can easily take off when you're going into a museum, maybe uh, the, the art museum or something to walk around. Um, but there are seasonal markets. There, there, there's just a lot to do, um, regardless of season here. So while you might be coming during a low season so that you don't have the crowds, and you're going to save money on your hotels and airfare and everything else, there is there is no shortage of things to do during that time. And actually, maybe it even helps you focus on things that are uniquely Philadelphia that much more than you might have had you come during a say a spring or summer month.
0: I love that. Um, I, I saw because we obviously we, we feature Philadelphia on the low season traveler um, website, and I saw the um, the ice rink in front of the um, the Independence Hall which got set up, which I think looks absolutely fabulous. Um, what, um, do, do, you, do you have, um, do, you, do you kind of have Christmas markets kind of, I know the way, you know, Europeans go for these sort of Christmas markets, which are all sort of, I think it originated in Germany and they've started spreading everywhere now and everybody likes them because they sell things which are traditionally, you know, from the region and everything else. Do you have That's those right. kind of markets round about Christmas time now as well?
1: We do. And, and again, just, just like the UK, we actually have markets throughout the year, but the best part is that, you know, they're Eastern Middle to Eastern Pennsylvania is just rich with with crafts people, people that are making things, you know, from jewelry to furniture to leather to to knitted items. And you're exactly right. And there is, there is an absolutely fantastic European style holiday market um, that takes place right at Love Park, which is where our famous love statue is that uh, the, the big four red letters, and which is a great photo spot, regardless of season. Yeah. Uh, and again, Again, those 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 holiday markets are extraordinary because they don't they tend not to be overpriced and they tend to be things you really can't get anywhere else. And when you're when you're traveling on holiday um, in, in such a way, you don't. It's wonderful to walk into the department stores, and I think we all spend more money than we actually plan to, no matter what our budget was. Always. when we walk into a big, you know, if I walk into Harrods there, or you walk into you know Macy's or, or Bloomingdale's here in the states, you're just ripe for spending money on things you might not have planned for otherwise. But it's those handmade things from uh, uh, our our what we call Pennsylvania Dutch or Amish communities where the, there's so much that's just made by hand. And South Philadelphia is a region that's just ripe with boutiques and artisans and people making things out of wire and recycled products and things. And they'll all come together for these for these holiday markets yeah. and give you this great walking, shopping experience in just a unique setting where you're gonna be taking photos in front of everything you do and probably filling a, a, a backpack with things to bring home that you couldn't get anywhere else.
0: I love that though. I love that. that. That's what it's all about at this time of the year, and, and I, I just love those markets and some of the some of the um, the creativity that goes into some of the products that are made are just um, absolutely wonderful. And you know, I'm one of these where you know I, I know I'm probably paying a few quid more for it because it's handmade and everything else, but you know, I I get swept along with it, like you're saying. You know, I have to fill my case <laughs> with it. You know?
1: But there is something special also about actually buying something from the person who made it, right? Where the artist is right there in their stand and. and- and just you're getting again like I said before about the docents on, on a local tour you're getting their personal history yeah. and why they went into that craft and maybe their folks did a similar thing or you know just they were finding their way in the world and this is the way to do it.
0: I've, d- I've done that before where I've actually um, been at these stands and it could be at different places actually at different times in the world in China and stuff where I've bought gifts for you know for my um, for my wife or for my kids or for my, my the rest of my family and I actually filmed them making whatever it is they're going to make and I'll I'll stand there until it's finished and then I'll say okay I'll buy that one and then I've got the I've got the the sort of a little bit more of the story and I'll speak to them as they're making it as well and then I feel like when I give them that gift I can actually you know give them the video as well um, as to where it came from which is nice. Jed sounds like we have a lot in common I I, I enjoy the same thing and it just is a lot more (laughs) unique
1: to have a story and history that goes along with a gift that you're bringing back from somewhere, it makes it very special.
0: It definitely does. It definitely does. Um, So let's get on to a few more of the advantages of traveling during the the low season. You've you've kind of hinted that there are quite a few advantages of experiencing Philadelphia in in the low season months. Um, Tell us a little bit more about some of the advantages that people can benefit from.
1: Sure. Well, as I I said before, um, Philadelphia has really I hate to even use a cliche, but there really is something for everybody. And that, uh, that goes to the travel experience as well. So we've got hotels like Four Seasons and Ritz-Carlton. Uh, and then we've got, you know, um, more boutique hotels and, and things that are a lot more cost effective. And even if you're a five-star low season traveler, you know, the difference of being a five-star low season traveler versus being a five star peak season traveler, or if you're in economy and you really just need a bed and, and, and a loo uh, to, 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 to have a place to drop your bags and, and um, shower in the morning, um, all those experiences exist within that same very tight walkable package. So, mm-hmm. you know, depending on, on how much you want to spend for your hotel, you're definitely going to get your best bargains at the hotels, as I say, whether it's at, at, at the, an upscale hotel or just a place to drop your bags. Um, and you're going to be in the same location either way, you're not giving up that walkability factor and the ability to walk to the art museum steps or to uh, the, the, the South Street and, and the 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 funky shops in, in sort of the, the the grunge district for the city, uh, or even walk out to the Mummery's Day Parade, which is a very unique experience we can talk about as well, or the Flower Show. Um, so all of those things sort of come into play. You're going to get better. You'll bet you'll have your better airfares. You'll have your better hotel exp- um, you know, price value, and you won't give up anything in terms of having this experience. And again, there are just so many of these experiences that are unique, even during the low season, that you couldn't do. You, you can't set up an ice rink in July. Uh, you yeah, couldn't, but it's, it's be very expensive for the city to maintain it. Um, and things like at Penn's Landing, which is our, our waterfront on the Delaware River, uh, they have a winter fest there that has games and and fire pits and things to do that are, again, just. I, I joked before about going either to you know to Finland or Iceland or somewhere way up north during the winter, and yeah. there are just such unique things to do in, in places that, that are winter specific that you wouldn't want to trade it. I mean, if, uh, I don't think that coming here during low season is just a bargain and less crowd experience. It's an experience that you just are going to have that you couldn't find any other
0: way. Yeah, I love that. It, when, the, um, you know, when we sort of talk about, you know, in the wintertime and these um, and it just sounds fabulous when you talk about the fire pits and, um, and, and all of this kind of thing, is... Um, is it is it a good time to engage with the locals? You know, are you going to get to to meet with the real locals if you travel um, during the during the low season months? Do they get involved with all of these kind of things?
1: You know, yeah, I, I, Jed, you and I were joking offline about maybe some of the parallels of, of Manchester and Philadelphia. Um, yeah. the locals are a very very engaged community, and again, because we're a, we're a metro area, you know, locals don't want to be cooped up and locked in either. So these same experiences that are unique for travelers. And the same reason that a low season tourist might want to take advantage of it, it's when the locals come out as well. Because the you know as just as in uh, in places throughout the world, uh, if you're in a, a place that is a very um, high demand tourist destination, as a local you don't necessarily want to be out there when the crowds are bustling any more than than your listeners want to be out there as a tourist. So you may find more locals out there, and you might actually have ways to engage with them that much more about you know the unique. As I said at the outset, the, Philadelphia is a city of of uh, neighborhoods and communities. And, you know, there are so many other major cities, especially here in America, that are what I call high-rise canyons. You know, they're, they're, you know, 100-story skyscrapers. And don't get me wrong, we have our skyscrapers. But it's just within blocks. You're walking amongst, you know, townhomes and places that are some of the original neighborhoods for the United States that go back. In our country, they're old. For you, they're they're sort of contemporary to go back 300 years, right? But, uh <laughs> You know, we, we have a neighborhood called Alfred's Alley, which is really the first planned residential community in America that is you know, almost 300 years old. And you're walking down the same cobblestone streets that, uh, that the first homebuyers and homeowners and, and community dwellers were in. And as you're doing that, you're meeting up with folks who live in these neighborhoods today that, that know that history and understand wow. the culture that went into building that neighborhood, uh, yeah. whether whether it's South Street or the Gaborhood or, or or that Elfriths Alley historic district. Um, So yeah, I think you'll find some really neat ways to engage with people uh, and, and take some great stories home with you as well.
0: And that's our show for today. Thanks again to Greg for sharing his insights with us today. And please do join us on Thursday for our Thanksgiving Day special, where we catch up again with Greg to learn more about the cultural heritage of Philly, as well as getting some of Greg's top tips and tricks to make the most out of your low season trip to the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. It should be a great episode. If you haven't already done so, please do like and follow at Low Season Traveller on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter to see all of our latest content, interviews, features, offers, competitions, and much more besides. Thanks as always for your company. Have a great week. Stay healthy, stay safe, keep your travel dreams alive, and don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. And finally, remember that now more than ever, travel is better without the crowds.